Human ingenuity surpassed the limits of human intelligence thousands and thousands of years ago. Long gone are the days when it was possible for one person to know the entirety of human knowledge. Imagine if every person alive today was forced to learn everything on their own. From knowing what was edible, how to make a fire, shelter, learn how to avoid other predators, and design and craft basic tools. It's probably not much of a stretch to believe one person could discover all of these on their own in their lifetime. But there quickly is a limit. Our lives are finite, so our ancestors pass the bucket of knowledge onto the next generation for them to add to. Over time, this bucket of knowledge became larger and larger until we had no choice but to start writing things down. The bucket had evolved into a small pond of knowledge, and we collectively continued to add to it. Everything we know today, and everything that is taught in school was discovered by our ancestors and forwarded on to the next generation for them to add to. By collectively and systematically pooling our knowledge together, we have found a way to surpass the limits of a single human's intelligence. Look at any field or discipline, such as chemistry, mathematics, economics, or art, and you'll find a long list of names that have all contributed to what has grown into a well of knowledge. Take philosophy, for instance. It has taken thousands of years, and many famous names like Socrates, Aristotle, Kant, and Hobbes to allow us to pose this question. Why can't Carlos consistently set the timing and volume of the intro? Welcome to Viable Underdogs, where we try and teach you some cool things and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. My name is John, the lovable Carlos is with me as well. This is episode Double Dose, and in that spirit, it will be double the fun with an episode twice as long as our typical episodes. Today we're attempting to describe, in layman's terms, how information is added to the human collection of knowledge, or well of knowledge as we're calling it. This is the core principle of science, and this well of knowledge is in danger of being corrupted with misinformation and disinformation. Philosophy is one of the oldest sciences, and one that you have more than likely engaged in at some point in your life. After all, you don't really require any advanced knowledge, experience, or education. It's as simple as asking yourself the question, why? However, you likely would not add anything to the field of philosophy if you don't first learn the questions and conversations that have come before you. Very intelligent people have been asking the question why, as well as other difficult questions, for thousands of years. It makes sense that they would have made some insights during that time. It's not to say it would be 100% impossible for someone who has not studied philosophy to add something of substance. But it would likely benefit them to learn what others have already added to the science. Here is another example to further clarify this point. We're going to use cars, as usual, because it's a fairly universal analogy, and Carlos and I are kind of one-trick ponies. Let's say your car breaks down, and it looks like it might be a complicated repair, possibly even an engine rebuild. Who would you rather have fix it of the following three choices? Option 1. Someone who has read a few car magazines. Option 2. Someone who has read quite a few different car manuals and books on the subjects of car repair, 
and can tackle some basic jobs like brakes and suspension components. Option 3. Someone who has extensive experience and knowledge on the subject of car repair and has, in fact, performed many engine repairs in the past. Let's say a licensed mechanic. Now, maybe you want to save a bit of cash and you're willing to take a risk on the number 2 option. This is understandable and it's entirely within the realm of possibility that this person successfully repairs the engine. And it's also within the realm of possibility that the most qualified person makes a mistake and does not succeed in repairing the engine. Maybe the car breaks down shortly after the repair and the engine later requires replacement. These types of scenarios do in fact happen, but the majority of the time, it's pretty obvious that option 3 has the highest chance of success, much like the person that first learns the information in the study of philosophy before adding to the field. Are we insulting everyone's intelligence by this example? Possibly. But then, the absurdity of selecting option 1 is sadly a situation that is happening far too often presently in the world today. Before we get into that, we need to talk about how knowledge is added to our collective well we mentioned earlier. Let's say you were born hundreds of years ago and you were taught the geocentric model of the solar system. That is, that the sun revolves around the earth. This is the commonly held belief and there is already a body of evidence supporting this. Now you, being as clever as Copernicus, discover that the sun does not revolve around the earth. The earth revolves around the sun. And since you are a person of science, you realize that the burden of proof, or providing evidence, is on you to prove this to be true. So you show the orbits of celestial objects that accounts for the deviations of orbits in the previous model. And then you cross your fingers that your audience, also people of science, accept this new fact due to the overwhelming evidence supporting your case. The speed at which this new belief is accepted by the world is typically fairly slow, and in some cases, sadly, never happens at all. This is the issue with groups like flat earthers. Before you automatically dismiss these people as quacks or trolls, some of these are very intelligent people that can make very intelligent arguments to try and support their case. And as is the case in science, the burden of proof is on them to prove that their belief is the more valid one by presenting a body of evidence. However, their evidence breaks down fairly quickly once analyzed. So obviously, once every flat earther is confronted with the truth and their evidence is found lacking, then surely they then once again have to believe that the earth is round, right? No, because these people are not engaging in the addition to the well of knowledge. Any person adding to it must adhere to the following two criteria. The burden of proof rests on the person suggesting the new idea. And they must be willing to accept that their idea may be wrong, and that other ideas may also be wrong. But us humans are tricky creatures. It's not just flat earthers that are slow to change their minds, or worse, all out refuse to change their minds. This happens everywhere, even in the fields of science and medicine. Prior to the 1860s, surgeons didn't wash their hands before surgery, even after taking a big poop. Reason being is that there were misconceptions about what caused infections. 
The doctor, Joseph Lister, was the first one to implement the practice of hand washing. And although his results should have been crystal clear to anyone that hygiene and sterilization are necessary to prevent infections, the medical field was quite slow to implement this practice. If you want another super tasty example of this in the medical field, allow me to introduce you to Barry Marshall, a physician who, along with Robin Warren, discovered that bacteria were the underlying cause of stomach ulcers. Although there were a variety of factors that was preventing acceptance of the idea that bacteria was the cause of ulcers, I'm sure most of us would agree that the following course of action should not be necessary to further the knowledge in a particular field. In order to prove his theory, Barry Marshall extracted the bacteria from the gut of an infected patient, and we kid you not, drank it. Sure enough, he developed an ulcer. That's one Nobel Prize well earned. The acceptance of new ideas, along with the scientific process and discoveries, are all still subject to human biases and emotions like fear, insecurity, pride, and envy. This is the underlying reason for the existence of groups like Flat Earthers. And it's important not to underestimate just how impactful groups like these are to the general public. Anti-vaxxers have been credited with being directly responsible for the resurgence of deadly diseases like measles. The problem is becoming so bad that countries are now starting to implement legislation requiring these vaccines. Groups like Flat Earthers and Anti-Vaxxers have started to poison humanity's well of knowledge. Not because they're trying to present new ideas, but because they ignore the very rules put in place that have allowed the well to be as plentiful and abundant as it is. To restate what we said before, these groups refuse the acceptance that the evidence they have provided has been unquestionably refuted. There is no dispute on these subjects, but the problem lies in the fact that the human well of knowledge is so large that the general public can start to believe that there is a dispute. The overwhelming majority of us believe, without question, that the Earth is round. However, how many random people, if you stop them on the street right now, could actually prove to you that the Earth is round? Not Lucy arguments, but inconsequential proof. Most of us were taught this in grade school, but we may have lost the juicy details since then. And even for those of us that walk around proudly being able to prove that the Earth is round, there are other parts of the well of knowledge we are less familiar about. How do cell phones work? Cars, planes, sewage systems, electrical systems, economic systems. No one can know everything. Humans engage in what can arguably be called a global transactive memory. We rely on others to be experts in their respective fields, because no one person can be an expert in everything. Traditionally, any information added or retrieved from the well of knowledge was somewhat restrictive. Prior to the 20th century, this access was restricted mainly to people who had wealth. Thankfully, this is no longer the case. The internet has allowed websites such as Khan Academy to provide access to the well of knowledge to anyone with internet. Conversely, 
The internet has also allowed any person a platform to share their ideas, no matter how illogical these ideas may be. We made a joke about this exact thing back in episode 3. And no, the irony of the existence of this podcast is not lost on us either. But hopefully you believe us when we say we are deeply concerned for just how poisoned the well of collective human knowledge is becoming. In order to reverse this poisoning, we need to ensure we adhere to the two criteria we mentioned earlier. Any new idea must be presented with enough scientific evidence to support it, and we must be open to the acceptance of new ideas when presented with this evidence. We also need to add a third criteria, something that is a newer idea for our species, the idea that we rely on experts in their respective fields. The idea that the collective expert opinion of an entire field should be held to a much higher standard than the opinions of someone who is not an expert in this field. What this means is that if the general opinion of medical doctors is that vaccines are good for us, then even if some famous actor or musician comes along saying otherwise, we should defer to the opinion of the professionals and ignore the individual's whose experience and knowledge is not in medicine. And yes, this should be pretty obvious, but exactly this and other similar instances of this are part of the reason our well of knowledge is becoming poisoned. We need to place our trust in the collectively held ideas of a field of professionals. Fast-talking debates may have made sense when the entirety of human knowledge was far less than it is today but it makes far less sense now when every field and every issue is becoming so much more complicated. Debates need to be slower, more collaborative, and needs to defer to the expertise of people in these fields. There are no quick and easy solutions anymore, and anyone trying to tell you that there is, is appealing to human emotions like fear and insecurity we mentioned earlier. If quick and easy fixes worked, we wouldn't be facing the sustainability consequences that are present today. The world is changing incredibly quickly. Which ones of us are still sticking to opinions and ideas we had years ago? If our opinions don't change along with our changing world, then we are also complicit in poisoning our well of knowledge. At what point do we truly decide to believe that there is in fact a chance that our species will go extinct. Even in terms of business, it may have made sense in the past to only be concerned with profits, but this opinion has evolved to include the addition of people and planet to profits to what is vital in the existence and success of a business. Although it may not seem like it with our lame jokes, these episodes are thoroughly researched then pre-written and extensively edited. This is to ensure that the information is as correct as possible and presented in an appealing format. And this also ensures that it keeps our own personal opinions and biases at a minimum. Human Ingenuity has provided me with a platform in the form of a podcast, along with editing software to make me sound far less dumb than I am. And if it is capable of accomplishing this almost impossible feat, then it should go to show how we need to update the method we discuss ideas and add to our collective well of knowledge, 
Cheers. Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion, and this can happen without everyone's input. Please send any questions, comments, or burdens of proof to viableunderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Karnowski and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson. You can check out the website we mentioned on the show, Khan Academy, to learn more about a wide variety of subjects, such as math or economics, at khanacademy.org.